This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. How are you? Doing good. Feeling good. Uh, we had a short chance to chat uh, just prior to getting into it, and uh, I got to see the vibe, the back and forth, the glowing of your background. <laughs> so I got to ask, and this is how we kick everything off. What was your origin growing up like uh, in terms of what kind of examples of professionalism did you see growing up in terms of what people could do to earn a living and and, and be as adults? It's multifaceted in a way. I had an interesting childhood, as most people do. Um, I was born in the U.S., but lived in Holland, Belgium, and England. My father was English, uh, so I'm a dual citizen because of that. And I actually don't know very much about what he did. We traveled a lot. Uh, When we lived in England, he would be gone six months at a time. And another interesting thing is he was also 50 when I was born and 26 years older than my mom. And I saw him as an amazing, professional, interesting fellow who traveled, uh, he had a passport loaded with stamps. He was very eloquent. And yet it was never, we were never quite sure what he did. And my mom was a mom and a housewife and never, she didn't uh, go to college much, but she met him by being a stewardess, which would now be a flight attendant, and you know, kind of had the glamour of it all. But fast forward to what I found out as an adult was one of the reasons we were moving is even though it was presented that he was working and we were doing fine, we were actually being evicted. And so there was a point where we moved back to my grandmother's house. And I think that was my first real view of what a hardworking professional looks like because she had owned a store with my grandfather who passed away. And then she had a motel and she worked it hard and I helped her and my sister helped her and she made that thing work really well. And when we moved in with her, it was the experience of being around someone who ran a business, was entrepreneurial, ran a family, ran a house and made it work. And then It was a few years after we'd moved in with her that the highway, the, you know, the federal system offered to buy her out and that motel no longer exists because the I-70 freeway runs right over that, that plot of land. And she actually had a chance to retire, but it was her first, the work ethic of it all, the entrepreneurship of it all that I, I carry with me quite a bit. That's an awesome story. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's book worthy. <laughs> straight up, straight up. And and here you are now. What are you doing with your time these days? 
Right now, I work three jobs, and it, it's been an interesting journey to get here. But along the way, I discovered entrepreneurship, and that is what drives me now. Uh, I went to Portland State University as an older adult uh, to get my a third master's in international management. And I wanted to expand my worldview because I'd had a corporate career and wanted to be able to do something more. But I, I stumbled upon the Portland State University Certificate for the Business of Social Enterprise. And that spoke to me because it's kind of been my value set throughout my life anyway, to find ways to do good, but didn't really know what to call it. So I joined this certificate program and two years later, I had the certificate and I learned to do B Corps assessments with other students for companies. And I loved it so much that I created my own company to do that very thing. So I've been doing that. And another job is I am a business advisor at the Small Business Development Center. And I run a program called Business Builders, which is for very startup entrepreneurs that's sector agnostic. And, and each term I'm surrounded by a new group of very bright, very interesting, very creative people who are starting their businesses. And so we help them be successful. I love it. Uh, before I go any further, I want to check in with Jason. Here's reflections on your story and sort of what you're doing today. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, that must've been very like James Bond, you know, not knowing what your father did and you all you seen was, you know, the passport full of stuff. And that's what my brain goes to as a kid. If I would have seen that, I'd have been like, is my dad an international spy? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, not knowing any of that. And, uh, but it's, it's always, it's always interesting to me how those experiences through life really shape they shape where we start to end up being right. And, you know, in your case, it led you to somebody that gave you a great example of business ownership and entrepreneurship and, and that stuck with you and, and here you are today. So, you know, there's, there's always something to be said about the hardships lead, the hardships lead us where we need to, to eventually land to create, you know, the journey. Right. And then the, the, I don't ever want to get to the destination, to be honest. Um, I want to stay on the journey all the way till I'm in the forever box. (laughs) So, so for me, that's the way I look at it. The journey is the fun, you know, the, the destination, that's the end. Why would you want to go there? Right. So, but great, great story though, when it comes to, you know, having family as business owners and, and how that, not too many people get to say they sold their business in a freeway to get built over it. (laughs) Now, knowing that that's the legacy and the origin that you come from, what ambitions do you have Aside from the social impact work that you're doing now through social enterprise, um, what ambitions do, what clear singular ambition or multifaceted ambition do you have to leave behind in your work? In my work and in my life, it's twofold. One is to really make contributions uh, to communities, and the other is to make a contribution to the environment. And to that end, uh, my husband and I, three years ago, uh, found a 10-acre property in Southwest Washington. 
and we are actively rewilding it. And I'm inspired by a book called Wilding about a 3,500-acre British farm and also the movie um, The Biggest Little Farm and literally wanting to create habitat. And I'm working with land trusts and uh, Clark Conservation and others to learn and make plans. And my goal would be to use my work as a way to gain money so I can buy more land and be able to just wild plots. And I'm also inspired by a friend of mine named Tim O'Brien who runs Tropical Salvage. And with his profits, he goes back to Borneo and buys forest and leaves it alone. So it will rewild. Wow. And to leave that legacy, ideally what I'd like to do is contract uh, either land trusts or the uh, local tribal nations and see if I can leave the land to them. That would be the ultimate. Uh, and like I said, to buy more. And then in the social realm and community realm, to really be an activist for the greater good for people of colors and those from marginalized communities and be super active. And I was just invited to be on a board of an organization called Exit the Maze, which is run by a Black woman who's a friend of mine. And that's probably one of the biggest honors I could have is she trusts me enough to invite me in and we can do some good work there. So those it, are my things. Yeah, it's really exciting. You're literally creating an impact on the planet, <laughs> quite quite literally. And Tiny, but yes. Yeah, yeah a, you know, a lot goes a long way in the world. A little goes a long way in the world is what I meant to say. Uh, it's rare that I get to talk to someone that is as active and involved as you are and how you took what is supposed to be, you know, a single bottom line, which most businesses are, and made it a triple, double bottom line for every endeavor that you take, that you take on. And I imagine that involves grants and and the such, and it's, it's, it can be difficult. Is there, is there any challenge that you're currently facing that maybe the listeners should know that we can support and help? Uh, yes, actually, I marketing and um, word of mouth would really help get the word out that I'm a full service to help companies, not only certify or for B Corps because some companies don't want to do that, but it, it's really about knowing that uh, because Nielsen said that 60 plus percent, about two thirds of consumers will pay more for products and services when they know that companies have a good value system. And what I like to do is really dig in and get to know a company and partner with them and share with them that you can market to your values as well as your products and services. And transparency also means measuring, improving, documenting, and reporting the impacts and I'm very, very good at that. So I help through that. And if they choose to certify, all those documents help support that assessment to help them become B Corps. And I walk the talk. My company is a B Corps and a benefit corporation for good and a 1% for the planet company because I need to know how things work so that I can help others. So the word of mouth saying that I'm here to help. And one of my strivings is to also help reach the companies owned by people of color because they also, some of them really want to do good in their communities because of where they've come from and their experiences. And yet we also know that even now they are woefully underfunded compared to other companies by large, large percentages. Um, and that was apparent through 
COVID in PPP loans, at least in, in the Pacific Northwest, but I think nationally, that there was a lot of underfunding going on when those funds were there. So to really activate around that and to help them show not only what they're doing in product and service, but the good that they're doing as part of that. There's two people that come to mind that I want to make sure that you that you speak with uh, post this conversation, one specifically focused on founders of color and then uh, and helping create funding and all that. And then another that is absolutely dedicated to running uh, being an evangelist for B Corps and 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 that idea of purpose driven business. So uh, we'll table that discussion for later. Uh, before we go any further and begin to close things out, uh, I want to take a quick break to give a shout out to our supporters that made your story, your episode possible today. And uh, they're part of our community. And uh, we're talking about a company named Scale with Social Selling. So for any of you that have looked at your calendar, and this should be everyone at some point in their business and said, wow, there's lots of calls and half of these people, I guarantee you don't belong on my calendar. Who put them there? I don't know. If you find yourself experiencing that over and over again, there is a company run by Terry Foster, Scale with Social Selling, that will help you optimize and gain clarity over your calendar and making sure that never happens again. So if that's something that you're interested in and looking forward to, you can go to try.scalewithsocialsellingsystem.com right? And you can find out why this prospecting system is better for you. I mean, it speaks for itself, but if you need more information, that's where you go and you tell them the war room sent you and they'll give you 20% off for having been a part of this experience on this episode here. And now Kim, for you, where can people connect with you? Uh, Whether it's a social channel or website, and is there anything you want them to mention when they're connecting with you? Yes, my website is mightyepiphyte.com. It's M-I-G-H-T-Y, like the word mighty, epiphyte, E-P-I-P-H-Y-T-E.com. And I have a newsletter there. Email is advocate at mightyepiphyte.com. And phone is 503-200-0201. Those are the best ways. I'm also on LinkedIn as Kim Altrich Flick. Uh, everything in my world is a mouthful, apparently. And uh, and the reason my company's name Mighty Epiphyte is I was a biology major as a, as uh, undergrad. And then I went into business and MBAs and a master's of international management. But that biology major just informs so much of everything that I do. And epiphytes are orchids and bromeliads and air root types of plants. And it's a metaphor because they live in trees and they have roots and they need a support system. So they're like entrepreneurs. They're building something beautiful and they have symbiotic relationships and need support. Poetic, poetic (laughs) justice. Wow. Okay. Very, very poetic. (laughs) (laughs) Totally tailored for this show. Um, So with that said, we have really only one grand finale, but before I get there, I want to check in with Jason. Are we good? Yeah, I, I just one 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 last thing, and that is, I, I find it really uh, inspirational how you've tied your brand together with all of that, right? Because not a lot of people get that right, <laughs> you know, when it comes to how you tie your brand message together with what you're doing, and it's all very meaningful. So I, I thought that was really worth just giving some kudos for that for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a cohesive uh, theme running through all the work that you do. Another way of saying that is you clearly live with intention, you know, and you being on this podcast is no accident. And there are many business owners, entrepreneurs who are going to listen to this. And now they have an opportunity to get behind and support someone who is at the vanguard of making sure that business is making the world a better place one step at a time. And while, you know, you may be humble and say, oh, you know, a little impact, that's more than most by a long shot. So there's a lot of gratitude on my end as well. Before we go into the uh, the last leg of this, which is just the final question, I just want to make sure. So it was mightyepiphyte.com, right? That's correct. Okay. So the grand finale is if you, Kim, could have invited anyone, anyone to this show today, who would you have loved to have had here and why them? Picking one is very, very difficult. I think I would like to invite Tim O'Brien. And he's my friend with Tropical Salvage, who's doing so much actively to help rebuild Borneo one step at a time. And because he's very humble and not a lot of people know about what he does. And I, I would like more people to know that companies can think like this, can do things like this. And he also created a company to build furniture out of entombed wood. They never cut a tree. And he gives workers in Indonesia higher wages than rubber and and palm plantations and gives benefits to their entire families and teaches them the skill of furniture making. So we get to buy beautiful products and know that it's going back. So I think I would like to invite him so that more people would see that there's a lot of potential for all of us to think in those ways and to do, to do good. And then I'd like my grandmother to see it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I mean, I definitely, it sounds like somebody we should have on the show, you know, I'm sure Jason would agree. Uh, and mm-hmm. also when I think of that, you know, most people only know Borneo from like, I think like Jurassic park movies or what have you, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, I've seen that because most of us, at least the ones who live in America, it's rare and far few and in between the people that go there. And often we forget how those ecosystems impact our lives directly. And so for me, there's a buddy of mine uh, when I wanted to be an actor who made a lot of, who makes a lot of documentaries, uh, whether it's like how we're mining for minerals and destroying an ecosystem in uh, Peru, you know, the, the, the case can be made for any number of films he's made. I feel like it might make sense. And I know he'd be interested in that. So that's another person I'm thinking of that should be in contact with you. So there's so much, it's crazy how when people are doing things like that, immediately there are people you can connect with, you know, because there's so much purpose behind it. It's like the world wants people like that to be connected in one way or another. So for me, it's really awesome to have had the opportunity to hear your story, see where you came from, see what you made with that, because most people, most people would have found a way to feel sorry for themselves and like, oh, look at us moving a lot, you know, and and oh, now I'm at the whole. No, you saw enterprise, you saw vision, you saw purpose, and that's what the story is today. And I think it's a powerful lesson and a powerful reminder. So it is tradition around here for Jason to close us out. So I'm going to let him do that. But those are my closing thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really great to have you on the show. It was a fantastic story of adversity and, you know, doing good things in the world. And we need way more of that in this 
very angry world that we live in today. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great to uh, be around people that actually do care. I live up in the mountains um, in Colorado. I love the mountains. You know, we are caretakers of our space and, you know, it's up to us to make sure that we do do that. But um, before I let you go, um, last week we had somebody special and I usually don't do shout outs, but somebody special on the show and I want to give them a shout out. And it's a company called Tony's and they make a screen free toy and it's a little box that you put characters on and then your child's able to interact. Now, if you're a parent, you know why that's important because a lot of parents nowadays are just throwing the kid an iPad, sit on the couch and, you know, they drift off into that never, never land for the next five hours on an iPad. So when we had them on the show last week, uh, it just, something about that product just kind of came over me. And I thought, you know what? I have to mention it on every show we do next week. And uh, so Tony's T O N I S.com and uh, you know, go check out their product for sure. But other than that, um, thank you so much for being here. You know, we all have the same 168 a week and you came and took 25 minutes with us today. And that means something. And thank you for bringing the value to our audience. Well, Jason and Philip, thank you so much. Uh, my tagline is connector, collaborator, catalyst. And you two are total connectors as well and collaborators and catalysts. So I love the synergy. Thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.